What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. Can I get an amen? We love you guys. Thank you so much for making us part of your day each and every day here on the show. Uh, Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh suspended for three games from the sideline. Not really suspended, though. I he, he might still be able to be in the building. He just can't be on the sideline. He He's going to wear a hat and sunglasses. He can also still uh, coach during the week, get his team ready to play. Uh, you know we have Josh Pate on the show. His producer, producer Jesse, Jesse says, producer Jesse says, I think this galvanizes Michigan more than it hurts them. It entrenches the idea of us versus them. He said Harbaugh doesn't call plays was still involved with all of the preparation in this game. And he says, pissing off a physical team does not excite me. So it sounds like he's coming from the Penn State side of it. Might be a Penn State grad. I'm not sure. But uh, look, Harbaugh still gets to prep the team. We have made a physical team angry. And it enhances the us versus them mentality. Um, You know, it seems to me like... Uh, Petiti, the new commissioner of uh, boy, you got to be careful how you say that name on the radio. You'll be out of a radio job real quick. Um, it seems to me like, okay, that he wanted to appease, placate, right, um, the rest of the Big Ten who was demanding that there be some sort of action, and he figured out a punishment that sounds like it's a big deal, but it really isn't. It really isn't a big deal at all. Um, You know, and then he's back for the playoff on the sideline. He's only not on the sideline, and he wasn't calling plays anyway, so he can do everything he wants to do to get the team ready. The the one area where you'd like your head coach is fourth and two on the 48-yard line. What are you going to do? He makes that call. He now doesn't make that call. He doesn't get to be on the sidelines but now Michigan is ticked. You've come after their dude. Uh, do you guys feel like a three-game suspension from the sidelines for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan? Is that too light? Is that too little? Is it just right? I think they got off easy. I kind of think they got off scot-free. You know, I would have kicked them out of the postseason entirely. And boy, did they ever catch a break. Did they ever catch a break? Uh, The Big Ten did not want to severely punish their Golden Goose. They also were looking for a way to let's punish them, but we don't want to be sued by Michigan. So let's have something that sounds like we've taken this very seriously, but not really. Get everyone in the Big Ten off our backs, right? Slap on the wrist. Naughty. It's like they're saying to Michigan, naughty. But they're winking no, at them. No, no, They're winking at them at the same time. They're winking at them at the exact same time. That is, that is, it's just very, very odd to me. What do you guys say? Too tough, too light, or just right uh, in terms of the punishment for one Shane Beamer? Uh, okay. You mean Jim Harbaugh? Oh, I'm sorry for one uh, for one Jim Harbaugh. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. You heard me pick Michigan to win this game. Uh, and that is uh, that is what I believe. That is how I feel. 
uh, in this one. 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663 is the number for us to get uh, to get to us on the show. And the carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word FAN and away you go on the show. The other thing I want to get to uh, in this segment, you know, um, the Carolina Panthers kind of crapped the bed again last night. Not kind of, they did. They lost to a team that has a Division II quarterback, something called Tyson Bajant. And this isn't the first team that Bajan has beaten. You can make an art, man. I mean, two of the Bears' three wins have come with Justin Fields on the sideline. Okay? So, I mean, think about that for a minute. They've come with him on the sideline. So, with all of that said, all right, um, you know, everyone has the, um, the pitchforks out on Carolina. There's going to be a protest yes, in, I heard uh, that. In, uh, in downtown Charlotte about the team and demanding – um, you know, demanding more out of their team. Um, I believe the Panther Nation podcast is a part of that, and they're on the Rob Brown show, and I think they organized that a little bit. Um, and the natives aren't happy. The natives are restless here. All right, let's be honest. The natives are very, very re- restless. Um, the reality is, folks, if this team was last year's team, and Sam Darnold was the quarterback. And the record was 3-5 and five right now, or what have they played? Uh, they played nine games. So if the record was 4-5 and five, instead of 1-8, and eight, you wouldn't have protests outside of Bank of America Stadium. But I'm here to tell you, they're better off being 1-8 and eight with this roster than they would have been sticking with last year's roster and being 4-5. and five. Why? Because, folks, NFL purgatory – is that space of mediocrity where you win between seven and nine games every single year and you're never bad enough to get the top pick and you're never good enough to really do anything. And that's been the Minnesota Vikings year after year. Last year, Minnesota went, what, 13 and four? And everybody. Yeah, they're like, what, 10 and one and one score games or something like that? And everybody knew they weren't going to do anything in the postseason. Everybody knew they, they were just kind of like living a charmed life. As a matter of fact, Um, Every single year, there is a major team in the NFL that had a great year the year before that falls off. Every year, there's a team like that. My call this year was the Minnesota Vikings. Nailed it. I believe that that I nailed that, right? So anyway, guys, um, you know, I think Carolina's better than than being a Minnesota-level team because now, in my opinion, I've seen enough to tell you that I think you've got the guy at the quarterback position. You didn't have that before. You have it now. You needed to give up all your draft picks. You you have lost a lot of key players to injury. You don't like the record very, very much at all. But I'm telling you, I really like Bryce Young's accuracy. I like his decision-making. I like his leadership, okay? They're getting their butts kicked, and he's encouraging everybody on the sideline. I think the vast majority of the time he's making the right decision. There's no way for Bryce Young to look good right now because they have no offensive line, or they do. It's just offensive. See what I did there? <laughs> and they, they have the worst or second-worst skill position talent in the National Football League. Bryce Young can't look good there. 
he can't look good when the receivers aren't open. He can't look good when he has no time to throw. So I'm looking for different things. Did he do the right thing here? Did he make the right read? Is he being a good leader? Was that pass on target? Was it accurate? And I'm telling you, when the roster's better, I think you got your guy. You're in a much better place than you would have been with P.J. Walker, with Baker Mayfield, with Sam Darnold being a mediocre team. Okay, so let's let's for the argument's sake here, say Carolina goes one and sixteen this year. Say next year they go two and fifteen, or they go one and sixteen again. You still gonna stick by Bry, uh, Bryce Young? Well, if they don't put a roster around him, yeah. Well, with the way the ownership is going right now, I don't see them actually building. I I feel like. Okay, so everybody knows I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. We used to have horrible owners, the Taylors and the Smiths. They didn't care about the team. They cared about what was their next paychecks, what they could spend it on. So I feel like the owner of the Panthers is kind of like that way right now, and he doesn't really care about the team. He doesn't care about the fan base. I mean, that's just my feeling about that. So, you know, I kind of I kind of understand what you're saying, that, you know, if they build on next year's team as it could be better. But then there's also that possibility of – they can go one and sixteen again. They can go two and fifteen. That's still not good to me. Well, it's it's not. But you know, I think this team is due to win about three games this year, and I think their goal should be to improve by two wins a year. So three and fourteen will be this year. Next year will be five and eleven. The year after that will be seven and ten. The year after that will be nine and eight. And they're a long ways away. This is not a quick fix. Okay, this is not at all a quick fix. But The good news is I do think you've got the answer at the very most important position. Uh, Texter says, Mark, my upset pick is going to be Rice over UTSA minus 13.5. So says Kevin H. Jimbo broke the rule. Get out the whips. Whoop the cheetah. Repeat, repeat. Um, Yeah, he broke the rule. He broke the rule. And uh, I don't know, guys. I just, you know. This is somebody punishing you, but doing it with a wink. You know, okay, we'll show you. You know, you ever have uh, your your punish your kids, and you and your you and the wife aren't on the same page, and the <laughs> wife says, "Punish them, punish them severely." Okay, that's me. I do that with the girls. I say, Cassie, get the girls, because I'm getting really frustrated with them, and she's like, well, "What do you want me to do?" I'm like instill the fear of God in them or something just to get them to stop misbehaving. And you do it with a wink. That's what happened to Michigan. Or that my smile. Friends. That's what happened to Michigan. Uh, Texter says, uh, Mark, word is in the 49er camp that Sam Darnold actually outplayed Purdy in the preseason. No, he did. It's not. There's not word. He, he did outplay Brock Purdy in the preseason. Watch what Sam Darnold does when he gets his chance in San Francisco. I'd love to see that happen. All right, what do you say we get to some audio from throughout the sports world today? Uh, There were no highlights in the Carolina Panthers game, Brandon, so let's skip over that one. What do we got next? All right, so we have Emore Smith. That's the Carolina Panthers. Panthers. Okay, that's something really good. Um, How about Lane Kiffin on sign stealing? Says that it totally changes how you perform as a team. Well, I mean, there's rules on that, so um, I think they're pretty clear. Um, obviously, they happen, as we know, within games, and coaches talk to each other and those things, but that, that's a whole other animal, what the accusations are there, and, um, you know, that, that would 
dramatically change how you perform as a team and dramatically change what your record would be. So um, I don't know any details of it, but you know th those would be severe things if those were true. Yeah, uh, I mean, the guys, this is not this is not something that makes no difference. It doesn't really help me that much. If it doesn't help you, then why, why are you why, why are you doing it? Right? Of course it helps you. Well, I cheated on the history exam, but it didn't really help me that much. Really? Did you pass? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so what do we got next? All right. So we have another Lane Kiffin one here. He's on preparing Jackson Dart to face Georgia. Well, he played really well versus a great A&M defense Saturday. And so now he's going to have a, a bigger test uh, on the road against you know, the best team in college football for years. They haven't lost there in over five years. So this is a huge challenge for him. Players got to make plays around him. We got to do a good job coaching around him in order to have a chance. Uh, that's true. That's true. But, you know, look, there is a feeling that college kids have a difficult time getting up for three big games in a row. Okay? Georgia's had Florida, Missouri, now Ole Miss. They got Tennessee next week. Is this the spot where there's just a wee bit of a letdown game for the Bulldogs? I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to take Ole Miss and the points. I'm not saying they win. I'm just saying I think they give them a game, maybe a scare, and it just might be a little bit closer than the experts think. Uh, the next one we have is Kirby Smart on actually handling Jackson Dart's running ability. Once he's a runner, he's, he's no more protected than a running back. I mean, we're going to tackle him like we tackle backs. He's, he's physical. I mean, their backs are physical. They're, they're, they're all hard to tackle in terms of size and stature. He's, you know, you get over 210, 215 pounds, and they're, they're running, you know, four fours, four fives. It, it's physical. And uh, he lowers his shoulder and competes. But in terms of us tackling him, it's going to be, you know, like we do on the back. The words of one Kirby Smart getting ready for that game. I don't know why there's not more hype around it. Are you guys picking that up as well? Like, is this is this like Northeast bias? Because the reality is Georgia and Ole Miss are both higher ranked than Michigan and Penn State are. Georgia's higher ranked than Michigan. Ole Miss is higher ranked than Penn State. It's a higher ranked matchup. Get all the hype, all the love. Sign-stealing scandal, Happy Valley, whiteout. Josh Pate is picking the Nittany Lions in this game. I don't know, man. I think they just poked the bear with this pseudo-punishment that isn't really a punishment. I, I think Michigan could come to Penn State and really make a statement. Realize this. Uh, James Franklin is 3-16 and 16 against top 10 teams during his tenure. And you would think that a school like Florida and a school like Penn State have similar expectations, right? You would think they do. Well, check this out. Dan Mullen got fired at Florida for having a 694 winning percentage. 694. James Franklin has the identical winning percentage at Penn State that Dan Mullen did at Florida and got an extension at, uh, at Penn State. Well, you know, it's All hard right. for people at Penn State to be like, oh, obviously when Joe Paterno was there. Yeah, no, that's true. At the same time, um, I would say uh, that, you know, if you don't, if you are okay with being a, the bridesmaid at Penn State, you've got the right head coach. If you're not okay with being the bridesmaid, you might need a different one. And at some point, you know, 
always being third in the Big Ten and never being above that isn't going to cut it. You know, you could, uh, if you're at South Carolina, you'd have a statue erected for you being third place every year in the SEC. Okay? But I'm always trying to get Gamecock fans to up their expectations. Always trying to do that. Ultimately, your team will be a reflection of what you will accept. If you'll accept mediocrity, then the athletic department isn't going to make changes when you are mediocre. Right? Um, It seems to me like there's a level of acceptance for Penn State never getting over the hump here. All right, guys, coming up next on the show, we are going. You're going to hear from Heisman Trophy voter Brent Beard. Uh, Some of you guys have said this is your favorite interview. Get us your best Brent Beard questions about who he is and how he got started. And uh, we will tackle Michigan's punishment. We'll tackle the Florida Gators. Clemson and Georgia Tech, is there an upset coming in Death Valley? Brent Beard will answer all that next here on Offsides. We are the Fan of State. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Genuinely appreciate you making us part of your day each and every day. We thank you so, so very much for that. Joining us right now, as he always does at this time, Heisman Trophy voter, First Coast News in Jacksonville. Uh, Look, a lot of Heisman discussion going on right now as well. It seems more wide open this year than it's been in seasons past. It's our good friend Brent Beard on Twitter at Brent, B-E-A-I-R-D, is where you get to him on Twitter, and he joins us right now. Okay, Brent, uh, in the last 30 minutes, we got the news that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended through the end of the regular season, um, depending on what side of this fight that you're on, you have a different feeling about this. Either it's too harsh or it's pretty lenient. I'm on the lenient camp. I thought, Brent, they deserved a postseason ban. The Big Ten doesn't want to kill its cash cow. At the same time, the pressure had mounted to where they had to do something. So, Brent, in your opinion... Is this punishment three games through the end of the regular season? Is this too light, too stiff, or just right? Well, I thought it was what they would do. Uh, I mean, they wanted their pound of flesh. Uh, is the the coaches uh, put a lot of pressure on the commissioner? So uh, this is <clears throat> this is the compromise. They were they were never ever going to be ruled out of uh, postseason play uh, because they are uh, capable of bringing in too much money uh, at this point. So uh, that is uh, what, what they've decided. Now, <laughs> you know, the thought, the, the thought hit me uh, before uh, uh, or after hearing this uh, that, uh, and I'm being facetious, but you'll get it, uh, you know, as many games as he's missed this year, 
uh, Harbaugh could almost have a red shirt because, you know, that new red shirt rule, you can play four games and not lose your eligibility. Now, Brent, the way they're listing this, the way the, the, the tagline on the TV uh, in front of us says three-game sideline ban. says he can still coach during the week. Is he going to be allowed to be in the booth for games? I don't know if we're clear on that yet, frankly. There's still a lot of that, uh, that a lot of this that we uh, really don't know. Uh, and, I mean, the other thing is, uh, okay, so I'm, uh, is, does this mean he'll be able to uh, coach during the postseason with the, the, with the championship game and the playoff? So I, that, uh, that, that will be another thing that the commissioner's office can say they have uh, suspended him. They have taken action on it. Uh, whether it's the uh, amount of action that the coaches and the ads wanted or not, uh, they they have done something. Uh, Brent, I'm going to share with you something that I'm not proud of. Okay, but uh, my freshman year of college, um, I we had a cl- we had a class where you were allowed to drop a test. Right, you were allowed to drop a score. Your lowest score gets dropped. Right. Mm-hmm. And my attendance in this particular class was, how shall we say, not there, right? It was it irregular. <laughs> it, was, it was irregular. Right. So I, I decided, well, okay, this is not smart, but I'm just going to take a zero, and that'll be the test that I drop. And then an hour before the test, I get a call from a friend who's in class, and she says, Mark, I got the football player study guide. I got the guide that the football players get at the University of Florida because they get study guides. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's not going to do me any good. It's just a study guide. She goes, would you just study with me for an hour and take the test? So when I got the study guide, Brent, it was the, like, it was like old tests. And I just memorized them in an hour. And I go to take the test, and it was the actual test. Okay? <laughs> it was the actual test. Yeah. So, like, yeah. my grade that semester, my grades were 98 72, 68, and 78 on the the exam. And so I I mentioned this to you, Brent, to say we know now that Michigan was cheating. Does any part of you wonder to what degree they'll slip off with that now being taken away from them? Sure, sure. Um, And and look, I think the, uh, the other things that I think about with this is how many how many other Big Ten teams are doing the same thing, and 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 they just haven't got caught yet? Uh, and uh, will this and what will this lead Harbaugh to? And, and look, he's an odd bird. I mean, the the consensus is probably going to be, well, he's just going to the NFL from here. Well, I mean, he may not. Uh, that that that's what you don't know. It, it's hard. It's very hard to predict anything that. Uh, uh, that he could do uh, at this point, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, obviously, the big question is going to be: is what, how is this going to affect their performance against Ohio State at the end of the year? Brent, how much of a big deal is the uh, the leaked secret audio of Lane Kiffin dismissing the player ultimately going to be? Probably some people are going to use the. Uh, I, I mean, there's still stuff we just don't know here. Uh, I mean, because it is 
uh, under the category of mental illness, that that's going to be an issue. I mean, I, I, I mean, um, I mean, they just had a heated exchange. I mean, there's probably a lot of coaches who would have told him the player maybe something similar uh, to that. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I, I'm I'm I mean I've seen it all around like everybody else has, but I'm not real sure how how deep and wide that this is going to go. I mean, could he get Lane in trouble? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he, I, I don't think so. I, again, I just don't know if we've got enough to come up with that uh, at, at this point. But I mean, my thing would be this: if it if this causes uh, coaches and programs to pay more attention to the problem of mental illness, uh, that that could be one positive that comes out of it. Brent Clemson gets a dangerous Georgia Tech team uh, with a Haynes King that has put up video game numbers. Georgia Tech is awful on the defensive side of the ball, but as bad as they are on the defensive side, they've been that good on the offensive side, mm-hmm. scoring 30, 40 plus points uh, in a game. Um, does this represent an upset alert game to you for Clemson Brent? And I got a second part of the question too. I, I'm going to say no, probably because uh, of, of how bad the defense is for Georgia Tech. Uh, I, I, I think Clemson may have gotten some things together at this point. I mean, they, that, I give that Tech coaching staff a lot of credit. I mean, they've done. Uh, They've done some good things this year. I mean, they just don't have the talent. They don't have the roster that's deep as far as what they need to be able to do. Uh, obviously, we all still remember the Miami game and winning that one in the last second. Uh, so, no. So, so I'll say no. I, I look. I, I'm sure Dabo and that coaching staff has been telling them all week long. You cannot take this team for granted like a lot of coaches are doing this weekend because of what they did against Miami. Brent, the second part of that is, uh, look, this in this area, uh, much of this season, up until Clemson beat Notre Dame last weekend, there was this feeling of the wheels falling off for both programs, right? Clemson and South Carolina. South Carolina 2-6, and six, Clemson 4-4. Four and four. Uh, I was told by our analytics guy, Kelly Ford, earlier this week that Clemson has a 35% chance to run the table, meaning Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and South Carolina, they win all those games, okay? 35% chance to do that. Uh, my question to you is, Brent, if they do finish 8-4 and four in the regular season, win a bowl game, uh, and finish in the top 25, which in my opinion would happen mm-hmm. if they win the rest of these games, yeah. has Dabo successfully avoided? I mean, you, you, the wheels haven't fallen off if you finish in the top 25, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, I would think if you're in the top 25, you've had a decent season um, with, with hopefully promise for next year to be better. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they were to finish uh, by winning out, I think there would certainly be a better taste in their mouth uh, at this point. Look, I, I, t- I talked to the St. Augustine Gator Club on Tuesday night, and uh, they're not, as you as you know, Florida is not talking about winning out. Florida is talking about is there a way we can win one out of the last three, so we could go to a bowl game and be six and six, and we call that progress. 
So, <laughs> frankly, Mark, it, it just depends. But, yeah, uh, I mean, if that, if, if that Clemson was able to do that, uh, you can make a point that, that, that they've salvaged your season at the end. Brent, one reason that I've struggled over the years to form a really strong connection with the NFL is the selective enforcement of rules that oftentimes looks like hypocrisy to me. And that's not to say that the NCAA is some bastion of integrity. It's anything but. But but why in your mind was the NCAA willing to rule in favor of North Carolina's Tez Walker after previously ruling against his eligibility but not rule in favor of a program like James Madison, who has had so much tremendous success in this, their far, their uh, second transition year. I mean, that's a silly rule. The rule is the rule. But why won't they make an exception? I, I, that's a real mystery, frankly. I'm glad Walker was able to get back. Good good for him. Uh, I know Florida State had a player they, they, they tried to oh, – they, they tried – uh, the um, state officials and legal action, and we're not able to get through it. But yeah, yeah, this this James Ma- this James Madison situation to me is just the uh, uh, it, 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 it's just almost stupid, frankly. I mean, if you got a look, I get there's some kind of uh, uh, that there's got to be some kind of a transition period, but my stars. Uh, when you've had a, a team like them that's had that kind of a year, that year should be rewarded with a bowl game, and maybe somehow, some way, it will be. But uh, yeah, I, uh, that that is pretty much senseless as far as the NCAA is concerned. I've said that the whole year. Uh, that that's ridiculous. They they really need to take a look at that rule. Uh, and and allow teams, if you've earned postseason play, you ought to go. Brent, uh, to me, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, their spots in the top five of the SEC hierarchy are secure. Uh, however, a fifth spot is on the line this weekend. Not only does it get you into the top five of the SEC, it also wins you second place in the SEC East, yeah. Missouri and Tennessee, Brent, who do you got? Well, that, and that's a tough game. I think I like Missouri uh, at home. Uh, I love what Brady Cook has done, and Schrader running back uh, has been great. L- uh, Luther Burden has been one of the uh, top players, and I give Eli a lot of credit. I mean, he uh, Eli Drinkwith, uh, he decided that um, – he didn't want to call plays anymore. Uh, and he was very smart and handed that over, uh, and that has worked out beautifully for them. And look, they play Georgia straight up. They're not intimidated by Georgia at all. So uh, obviously they've got Tennessee, then they've got Florida. Now the uh, caveat to this is Tennessee's front seven is really good on defense. And if they can get Cook and they bottle him up, that, that, that could be a real problem. Tennessee's got, uh, obviously, Georgia next week. They, there's no way Tennessee's going to beat Georgia uh, with Milton. I, I've seen the Milton in purpose in Alabama. Uh, he's a, he is a good quarterback, but, I, but, but he's not a quarterback that can beat Georgia. So uh, I'm t- I would take Missouri not by much. 
Brent, is there any team that, that currently sits sort of out of the commonly seen as bubble of a playoff team that you believe still has enough in front of them that should things fall their way, they could still make it into that consideration? I mean, uh, obviously, if Ole Miss beat Georgia, they're at nine uh, at this point. That that I mean, there will be some people maybe looking at them. Uh, I don't know if they, if the re- I don't think the rest of that schedule would help them that much. Uh, frankly, obviously, Penn State at ten. Uh, if they could beat Michigan, that would turn things around considerably for them too. I don't think they they would have to have a whole bunch of stuff to happen, but boy, this little this Louisville team is really fun to watch. They won a a a, a nice game last night over a really game Virginia team that's better than their their record shows. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, after you get past about eight, uh, it, it it's kind of a stretch at that point. But then look. That's what that, this time next year. That's going to be a wonderful question because we're going probably to about I don't know twenty to twenty five uh, with uh, uh, teams possibly getting in the playoffs. That's one thing that's going to make it so much fun. Uh, Brent, we asked a question on this show the other day: Which conference is most likely to get two teams in the college football playoff? SEC with Alabama and Georgia. And look, I realize that Ole Miss is still alive as well, but I don't think they're going to be alive for long. So Alabama and Georgia. You got the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. You got the Pac-12, Oregon and Washington. What do you do if, you know, Oregon wins the rematch and both have one loss? Of all those three options, who's most likely to get to? I think Alabama and Georgia. I mean, Georgia goes undefeated. Uh, they go to the game. Even, even even if Alabama beats them, Georgia probably still goes uh, at that point. I, I mean, I've I've heard a lot of these different scenarios, and and I I certainly understand where where you're getting at uh, with that too. Uh, and then the Ohio State Michigan thing's fascinating. And Mark, the thing that you also got to uh, to think think about that is. Where's Florida State and all this stuff? Uh, and with the schedule that they have got left, I mean, Florida State's obviously got Miami, who is struggling. They've got North Alabama, UNA, next week. Uh, that's school up near my twin brother where he does radio in North Alabama. And then they've got the Gators. So, uh, and, and then you've got the uh, uh, the championship game. So would, uh, I, I mean, uh, I mean, would a, I'm just asking this out loud because I've struggled with it and we're close to them down here and in, in, uh, covering them. Uh, could they be undefeated and get laughed out? I mean, that would, that'd be hard to believe too, wouldn't it? It would. Brent, uh, I know you didn't ask for this, but you, sir, prove that diversity is a very important skill set. You did not expect to be also, when you speak to the Gator clubs around Florida, to be also a crisis counselor. And that, that is what you are now, sir. So can you yeah. can I take yeah. uh, a temperature gauge of the mood of Gator Nation right now? Brent, everybody, everybody was a Gator fan, Gator alum. I asked you last week, you go, Mark, Florida really needs this one. They really need... 
every Florida fan had the same feeling the whole yes. week. Eee. Whenever you have that feeling, it, it almost always uh, foreshadows doom, right? Like, oh, like you're, you're scared, yeah. you're nervous for a reason. Uh, what can you tell me about the mood of the Gator fan base and your opinion on their chances to get into a bowl game, win one of these well, last three? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the, as far as the Gator fans here, uh, it is a mixed bag of we are willing to be patient because Dan Mullen basically left him nothing in the cupboard, and he is doing the best that he can right now. But uh, the caveat to that is uh, he still needs to uh, hire an offensive coordinator, and maybe almost even more than that right now, he is a special teams coordinator. I just can't believe that, that he worked with Dabble and Nick Saban and has not done anything about a special teams coordinator yet. Uh, that I mean that you could you could make a real argument that special teams cost them the Arkansas game uh, on that uh, when they should have clocked the the, uh, the ball and stopped the clock. Uh, so I think that's what you've got now. The problem is, and I'm curious if you if you've heard this too, they like uh, Napier. They appreciate what he's doing to the culture. But if they are in this same situation next year and they're five and seven-ish, six and six-ish, and they're still making the same mistakes, uh, it will probably be a different conversation. Is that similar to what you're hearing? It very much is. Um, and there is concern that, you know, Forrest Gump said stupid is as stupid does, Brent, and, and Florida makes dumb mistakes. Yes. Right? They, they make dumb mistakes. Yes. and. You got to have a well-coached team. You got to have a smart team, and Florida is not that right now. We'll see if they can do it. Uh, the Football Power Index says there's a 48 percent chance that Florida wins one of these final three games. <laughs> I, I'd love to see it. I'd love yeah. to see it, Brent. Thank oh, sure. you so much, as always, my friend. Uh, we do appreciate you. You too, guys. Mark, thanks. Diesel, thanks. We'll look forward to next week. Yes, sir. Brent Beard, Heisman Trophy voter, right here on the Fan Up. All right, Mark. So, you know, there is those traditionalists who are the old school karaoke style singers. And then there's those who are like the heavy metal singers, right? Well, uh, <laughs> in this clip, you're going to hear a, a, a old school karaoke owner goes off on a heavy metal group and listen to what he says and how he says it to them. Everybody there! 
It's funny. Show you how much money I made in my tip jar. Thirteen dollars. Five hours. Thirteen dollars. And these guys think it's funny. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to say. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. All right. Um, I actually thought about this in the last 24 hours. And you're not going to believe it. Like, sometimes it's just so prophetic. Like, we have these best things, and you just thought about it. That is the screaming death metal rock uh-huh. is the all-time worst genre of music. I agree. None of it is good. None of it involves musical talent. Okay? Um, you're, you're, da- like you're, doing. you're damaging your vocal cords yes. when you're doing that nonsense. Uh, and none of it is enjoyable. And it all sounds the same. Yep. Go. Who is the best death metal artist? Go. Anybody? Bueller? Fry? I hear crickets. It's garbage. That guy, not all heroes wear capes, man. That bar owner, whoever that was, God bless you. You didn't realize <laughs> what you were signing up for. It's not your fault. Get him out of here. Let us bury. Let us bury. Okay. The $13 in five hours. Did you hear him say that? Though? That's that, crazy. Let us bury that. That genre of music, okay? Amen. You're not getting any tips because the music sucks. Yep. And the, the, the patrons can't hear themselves talk because you're screaming over them. Get out of here. Hey, I got Clemson winning comfortably 31-16. I've got the Gamecocks winning comfortably 38-13 over Vanderbilt. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday right here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate.